Well, happy Easter, everyone. It's so good to see you. Happy Easter to those who are joining us online. Well, I have some great news this morning. We have already blown our Easter worship attendance records out of the park from last year. I know this because it was just me and Hazel and Kimberly right here. And I think Tim was here. Pastor Tim was here like on the front row for moral support because he knows how much I love giving a message to a camera. And so last year when I said he is risen, I had to answer myself. I said he is risen and then I kind of paused and I thought, oh, he is risen indeed. And so this year I'm going to say he is risen he is risen indeed. Oh, what a glorious sound that is. All right, I'm going to do it again. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. What a wonderful sound it is to hear your voices in worship. If you have been with us in worship over the last month during our Lenten season, you know that we've been journeying through the Gospel of Luke. In chapter 9, it says, Jesus turned his face toward Jerusalem. And so over the last few weeks, we've been talking about those travel narratives. We've been exploring together those stories as Jesus encountered people and taught them of his love and his grace. We heard stories of healing, of restoration, and of faith and hope. Jesus and his disciples traveled together, and as they traveled, as any good rabbi did, he taught them. And as any good student, they didn't always understand and they did not always remember what he said. Have you ever forgotten something that seems so second nature to you? You wonder, why in the world have I forgotten this? Well, over the time that we were worshiping online together, um, I did not say the Lord's Prayer in the community as often as I had before the pandemic. And so I was videoing one day for our worship. We did a pre-recording a lot of times for worship, and I was videoing, and I had the prayer time. It was my, t my time to do that. And I got to the Lord's Prayer, and I actually forgot the ending. I thought, is it for thine is the kingdom glory and power, or is it for thine is the kingdom power and glory? And why can't I remember this? You know, have you ever done that? Have you kind of forgotten something that was so second nature to you? One of my mentor pastors, John, uh, was told, told me one time of a time that they were leading worship. They were in a large church. He and another associate pastor were serving there together. And she was in charge of the prayer time for worship one day. She said a beautiful prayer and was leading into the Lord's Prayer, and there was this long silence. He thought, man, she's being very contemplative. She's being very open for the spirit and letting people pray in silence. And as she leans back, how does it start? <laughs> he said, our father. <laughs> oh, how easily we forget. Well, let's not forget to begin this morning with prayer. Will you pray with me? Good and gracious God, wash over us your spirit today. May we be met by you. Touch our hearts our minds. Oh God, I pray that the meditations of my heart and words of my mouth might be acceptable in your sight. And I pray this in the blessed name of our Savior, Jesus, and all of God's children said, Amen. The angels remind the women at the tomb, remember. 
Say that, remember. 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 How quickly we forget the teachings, the teachings of Christ. We can be told over and over what to expect. We can be taught the lessons. We can be forewarned, yet we somehow don't remember, just as the women didn't, until we come face to face with God. I think it was like that for those who came to the tomb on that first Easter morning. Jesus had told them the gift of eternal life that would be theirs and that he would be raised. And yet, they did not remember his words. It was early that morning that the women made their way out toward the garden tomb, as John says, in the dark. And they came to anoint the body of Jesus with spices because Passover was over and they could finally enter the tomb. And slowly they walked those dark streets. They took that little road out toward a grave in a garden. I can imagine the feelings that they were experiencing, can't you? Grief, loss of hope, fear, anxiety, what would tomorrow bring, and confusion, and probably more feelings than we could ever say. The women, you see, had seen what had happened. The men, the disciples who had followed Jesus, fled for their life because they had to. The women were not under the same danger, so they stood at a distance from the cross, the scriptures say. And they saw Jesus crucified. They had heard the crowds mock him. They had heard the soldiers torment him. They watched him slowly die an agonizing death. They watched him take his last breath as he says, it is finished. The grief and horror they felt could probably never be described. They also heard the conversations taking place after he was taken down from the cross. And they knew that the Romans were making extra measures, taking extra measures so that the body could not be moved. There was a very large stone rolled in front of that grave and guards were placed at the entrance. Some of the gospels record the women talking about how they will move that great stone in order to go in and anoint the body that first Easter morning. As they entered the garden, the first rays of light streaked across the sky. Can you imagine it? Can you see it? The sun peeped timidly over a hill and reached its long arm down into that garden. And when they came to the tomb, they discovered the stone had already been rolled back. What had happened here? They peered inside and then stepped in. The body of Jesus was gone. The tomb was empty. Do you remember that, church? The tomb was empty. Their questions and thoughts were interrupted by the words of the angels. Why do you look for the living among the dead? What a question. Then those heavenly voices said, remember how he told you. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day do what, church? Rise. Yes, he did say that. 
I remember. We remember now, but we were not sure what he really meant. They left the tomb and hurried to find the disciples who had been hiding out in the back at the house where they had enjoyed their last meal with Jesus since early Friday morning. They told the disciples the good news, but Luke in his gospel records they did not believe them. Some gospels say they thought they were talking nonsense. They must have spent most of the day debating what had happened. Should we believe this? He did say this would happen. Remember what he said. But we saw him put to death, the woman said. So if the tomb is empty, where is he now? I think these disciples had to have been from Missouri. <laughs> show me, right? They were show me disciples. We live in a show me society, don't we? When I see it, I will believe it. We often say seeing is believing. Yet for Christians, it really is the opposite, isn't it, church? It is believing is seeing. Belief helps us to see with new eyes. You see, there are thousands of people in the world who have heard the story of the empty tomb, as I just told you, and smiled and thought, that is a great story. But like the disciples, they walk away wondering what had happened until they experience the love of Christ and come face to face with God. And at that moment of belief is when new and abundant life begins within them. That is when everlasting life begins. It is when hope then becomes a living hope. Oswald Chambers once said this, seeing is never believing we interpret what we see in the light of what we believe. Faith is confidence in God before you see God emerging. Therefore, the nature of faith is that we, it must be tried. And I love what C.S. Lewis says about this. He says, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because it, by it I see everything else. When Jesus touches our life in some significant way, leaving his fingerprints upon us, it is no longer a story of ancient history. It is a story in which we see everything else, including ourselves in a new light, the light of God's love. It's not just about what God did back then on that first Easter. It's about what God is doing right now in our lives. When we believe and claim a risen Savior who took upon the cross our sin and death and gave us new life, abundant life, everlasting life, we have a new identity, a new community. Look around, church. We're gathered together. A new community, Easter people, a new purpose, a new set of lenses to see the world around us. We begin to see ourselves and everyone around us as God sees us, worthy of his sacrifice and worthy of his love. Remember, church. Say remember. remember. Remember, God's love is yours. God loves you. Remember that. 
Resurrection became real for the early disciples when they experienced the risen Christ. If you think about it, the message of Easter has never been more relevant for the modern world than it is right now. The events of Easter address our deepest and greatest fears. And over the last few years, our fears have been front and center. Amen. Is everything going to be all right? Is my family going to be all right? Is our community going to be all right? Is the world going to be all right? Does God hear our prayers? Does God care about what's going on in this world around us? Does God see our pain and hear our cries? These are probably the same questions the disciples and the women who followed Jesus were asking that first Easter morning. Today we have the story of Easter to hold on to. But Peter and Mary and John and the other disciples, they didn't have the rest of the story yet. When Jesus was put in that tomb, they thought it was over. Their hope had died. When Jesus died on the cross and was put in the tomb, there were no Christians at the time because there was no Christ until three days. Because in three days, something happened that changed everything. The tomb was empty and Jesus was alive. And out of the silence, God declared that the grave has no claim on you and no claim on me. It wasn't until they experienced the risen Lord that they could finally see a living hope and a future. They knew their story was not over. And they were called to help others remember the hope that is found in Christ. They became Christians. It is because of Peter... John, James, Mark, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Salome, Matthew, Luke, and many, many other disciples that we have the story of Easter because it was told over and over and over again. And then finally it was written down on scrolls and then finally then it was put into what we know as our Bible. It was a story of good news. The good news of great joy which is for all people fulfilling the promise the angel made that night Jesus was first born. And as we remember God's story that lives in Christ, we remember that it is our story as Christians. It's our story. Remember that, church. As Easter people, we live in that living hope. As believers, we see the future God has in store for us. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow, as the song says. Because he lives, all fear is gone. The good news is that God entered our lives and meets us where we are and says, remember, I am with you. I am with you. The call is to remember that this gift is meant for each and every one. This story, this story is who we are. And it is because we remember God's promises that we can offer this living hope to others. That's our call. To remember the story and to tell it. The Spirit says, remember what I told you. Remember what I told you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Remember what I told you. I come that you might have life, life in all of its fullness. 
Remember what I told you, I will be with you until the end of the age. Remember what I told you, I am the resurrection and the life. Because I live, you shall live also. Remember what I told you. That, my friends, is why the Easter story has never been more relevant than it is today. We are called to remember and to hold on to God's promises and to share those promises with others. We are called to remember and live out who we are. Remember, God's love is for you. God loves you. We are called to remember that. And all of God's people said, amen. Will you join me in prayer? Holy and loving God, help us to remember. Forgive us for when we forget, God. Help us to live into your story, our story, as those who follow Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving us so much that you gave us a living hope. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.